Shortly after midnight on Friday, June 16, 1978, Sylvia Frumkin decided to take a bath. Miss Frumkin, a heavy, ungainly young woman who lived in a two-story yellow brick building in Queens Village, New York, walked from her bedroom on the second floor to the bathroom next door and filled the tub with warm water. A few days earlier, she had had her hair cut and shaped in a bowl style, which she found especially becoming, and her spirits were high. She washed her brown hair with shampoo and also with red mouthwash. Some years earlier, she had tinted her hair red and had liked the way it looked. She had given up wearing her hair red only because she had found coloring it every six weeks too much of a bother. She imagined that the red mouthwash would somehow be absorbed into her scalp and make her hair red permanently. Miss Frumkin felt so cheerful about her new haircut that she suddenly thought she was Lori Lamaris, the mermaid whom Clark Kent had met in college and had fallen in love with in the old Superman comics. She blew bubbles into the water. After a few minutes of contented frolicking, Miss Frumpkin stepped out of the tub. She slipped on the bathroom floor, it was wet from her bubble-blowing and splashing, and cut the back of her head as she fell. The cut began to bleed. She attempted to stop the bleeding by applying pressure to the cut, then wrapped her head in a large towel and walked back to her bedroom. On the dresser was a bottle of expensive perfume that an aunt and uncle had given her in May as a thirtieth birthday present. She poured the contents of the bottle on her cut, partly because she knew that perfume contained alcohol and that alcohol was an antiseptic. In 1972, Miss Frumkin had completed a ten-month course qualifying her as a medical secretary. And partly because she suddenly thought that she was Jesus Christ and that her bleeding cut was the beginning of a crown of thorns. She also thought that she was Mary Magdalene, who had poured ointment on Christ. Looking back on the incident six months later, Miss Frumkin was exasperated with herself for having wasted the perfume, which the aunt and uncle had bought in Israel, and which she couldn't replace. It was the one perfume I've ever had that people complimented me on, she said. So many people told me I smelled nice when I wore it. I'm sorry I wasted it. Miss Frumpkin's head burned when the perfume came in contact with the open cut, and the bleeding subsided but didn't altogether stop. By then it was after one o'clock. She put on an old nightgown and went downstairs to the office of the building to tell the night supervisor, Dwight Miller, who was on duty from midnight until 8.30, what had happened. Miller looked at the cut, told Miss Frumpkin to get dressed, and said he would drive her to the emergency room at Long Island Jewish Hillside Medical Center, a voluntary hospital in New Hyde Park, a short distance away. The cut didn't look bad, and Miss Frumpkin appeared calm about it, calmer than Miller thought he would have been if their situations had been reversed. But he knew that any head injury was potentially serious and should be examined by a doctor. In her room, Miss Frumpkin put on her underclothes, a pink-and-white print blouse and matching pink-and-white striped skirt, a pair of brown sandals, 
a Timex watch she had borrowed from her mother after losing her own watch, a pair of glasses with octagonal frames, Miss Frumpkin is very nearsighted, and a beige poncho with colorful designs, which her sister had brought her as a gift from a recent trip to Peru. She took with her a large tan pocketbook that bulged with notebooks, a bank book, makeup, and other paraphernalia, and walked downstairs.